Welcome to the Where Money Meets Soul podcast. I'm Jennifer Griffith. And I'm Natasha Gaines. As two busy women juggling high profile jobs, family, friends, bills, and everything else life throws our way, we know what it's like to feel stressed out and overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And from personal experience, we also know what it's like to pull ourselves out of that place by using the right skills and tools to get our lives into alignment. Absolutely, we're here to share those same tools with you so that you can also turn your desires into reality. If you're interested in learning more about money and abundance, how to create a better work-life balance, and how to pursue your passions without sacrificing your dreams, then we invite you to join us each week to gain powerful tools to help you succeed in business and life. When money meets soul, magic will happen. Hey friends, today we are thrilled to be speaking with Patrick Pohaska about how to align ourselves with success. As a teacher, healer, and author, Patrick has helped thousands of clients and students shine with personal power, joy, and authenticity. He's the creator of Lightbridge, a revolutionary system for healing and personal transformation that blends practical life coaching principles with beliefs, sculpting, and energetic activations. Through his online school, he offers a wide spectrum of personal empowerment and consciousness expansion courses Patrick has degrees in history and science and the religions of ancient India and has studied numerous healing systems. He's also the author of Brain Cells, Escape Your Mental Prisons, and also other books about personal power. Patrick, we are so excited that you're joining us today. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you got to where you are today? Sure. Thank you so much. It's a real joy to be with you. And Like a lot of people, I'm sure like a lot of your guests, my life has been completely and utterly transformed several times uh, over the years. Uh, So decades ago, I was in the restaurant industry and I spent probably 35 years in the restaurant industry, mostly in management, Mm -hmm. and I hated every single minute of it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was ego-driven. I was very unhappy in a lot of the restaurants I was working in because it was nothing but drama, nothing but conflict, large egos, butting heads against each other, chaos everywhere. And I kept thinking, you know, like a lot of people do, you know, I was putting the blame for this outside myself. You know, those people are horrible. Those people are horrible to work with. What's wrong with that chef? Why does he act like that? And it wasn't until later that I realized that I was the common denominator in all of that. And the reason I was attracting a lot of really ego-driven and dramatic people into my inner circle was because they were just matching the energy I was putting out. And, you know, most of us, we don't realize that that the people that we're closest to are actually an energetic mirror of who we are Mm -hmm. and that we can learn a lot about ourselves just by looking at the people who annoy us the most. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like constantly trying to claw my way higher and higher in the restaurant industry. I had to have all the prestigious uh, management positions and, Eventually, I was general manager of a restaurant slash nightclub on the corner of Hollywood and Vine in Hollywood, and I hit a brick wall. I just, I smashed into the brick wall. I had a nervous breakdown. I I had a panic attack that lasted three months, and I I just couldn't anymore. So, uh, So, you know, sometimes 
mother, mama, whoever, will take a two by four and smash you over the head with it. It didn't come to your senses. And she was probably giving you signs all along. You just weren't giving listening, me right? Lots of signs. Right. Oh my God, so yeah. many signs. Yeah. 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 So this was probably 2014, maybe 2000, yeah, mid 2014. Okay. I decided to leave the restaurant industry temporarily and learn a new set of tools to cope with all the drama and chaos. So I went to a coaching academy and my goal was to learn coaching skills so that I could take that new set of tools into the restaurant industry. Mm -hmm. But I never looked back. I fell in love with the coaching. I fell in love with energy healing. I fell in love with the consciousness expansion and all these other new things that were, were coming at me from all angles and mm -hmm. decided to make that my career instead. And it's, it's <laughs> yeah. so much happier. <laughs> so. Yeah, That's awesome. That. You know, you said something that's really interesting. It may have taken you a little while to figure out that you were the common denominator that was causing a lot of the issues, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think that's part of the reason why a lot of people fail at trying to achieve success because they don't realize it's them, right? They might think it's everybody else. It's obviously not me. It's everyone around me. Do you think that's a contributing factor? Yeah, my gosh, there's so many different reasons why people fail, but that's definitely way up on the list. Mm -hmm. If you go through life, no matter what it is you're doing, whether it's restaurant management or managing a romantic relationship with somebody or raising children, if if your assumption is that all the challenges you face were somebody else's fault and you can never really, you, you know, look at yourself and take responsibility for your role in creating things, mm -hmm. then you're just doomed to repeat things over and over mm -hmm. again. And failure is definitely a part of that. Failure isn't meant to be the end of whatever it is you're working on. It's meant to teach you what your limitations are and what you should be doing differently. Mm -hmm. So, you know, most people who are successful, they fail their way to success to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean you must fail in order to be successful, but people who are successful know that failure is not something to be embarrassed about. It's not humiliating. It, it doesn't mean that you suck and you should never try again. You're worthless. What it means is there's a different approach that you can be taking that's more effective than what you did before. Right. And that's if you can look at yourself and look honestly at the situation and take responsibility for your role in creating whatever it is that caused the setback or the failure, you can like shoot off into the sky. You know, it's right. failure is a launch pad right. in a lot of cases. Yeah. Right. We like to think of it as someone recently said, you're, you fail forward, mm -hmm. right? It's like a stepping stone. Mm -hmm. And yet it's, it's debilitating for a lot of people. The, the fear of failure, right? It, for all yeah. of us, we're all guilty of it. It stops us in our tracks at times. It prevents us from taking the next step. But if we were to just look at it as it's a necessary part of success. Right. Yeah. Isn't that, that interesting, that irony that fear of failure creates failure? Right. Yeah, and, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, like self-sabotage. Uh, yeah. People mm -hmm. self-sabotage for all sorts of different reasons. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the primary reasons people self-sabotage is because 
they have such an expectation of failure that when things are going well, it feels weird. Yeah. You know, sometimes people get into the groove and everything's going well and you're running on all cylinders and you're thinking something's off, something's wrong. What this, mm -hmm. this doesn't feel right. This feels alien to me. Yeah. Success feels alien to a lot of people. So what they do is they, they get into that feeling that the shoe is about to drop. Yeah. They get that anxiety that something's wrong, but they don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. So they subconsciously go into preemptive self-sabotage. Right. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they know that a collapse is imminent, even though it's really not. And so it feels better to create the collapse than to wait for it to happen out of the blue. That kind of gives you a feeling of control over the collapse when the collapse doesn't need to happen at all right. in a right. lot of cases. Right. So, yeah. yeah, it almost yeah. kind of merges the turns your fear of failure into almost like a fear of success, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah. failure is a self-fulfilling prophecy in many mm -hmm. cases. Now, you know, we're talking about failure in, in two different contexts here. One, oh my God, it's a horrible thing. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Avoid failure at all costs. And two, failure is normal and natural. It's a human thing. All people fail. Yeah. And the degree to which you are willing to succeed to be vulnerable determines how successful you'll be because, you know, in it, it's entrepreneurs and so forth, there's always risk involved in going out on a limb and doing something there. There are very few sure bets out there. Mm -hmm. And if you're mortified of being vulnerable and taking chances, then you're just going to stagnate and right. stagnation to me, stagnation is the true failure. Oh yeah. 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 So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. The, you're just too scared to even try. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 It's too scared to try. People get action paralysis. They, mm -hmm. they, um, are so busy trying to figure out the perfect way to do something or the best way to do something that mm -hmm. they lose sight of the fact that, that any strategy they take could succeed for them. Right. If they just have the right mindsets. Yeah. They're, oh, it's an interesting topic. So. Yeah. Do you think that's yeah. why, you know, things like not being vulnerable and being stagnant. And do you think that's why people fail even when they're doing everything else? Right. That's part of it. Okay. Um, like, normally, is there, Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. You were going to say something, Natasha? Well, I was just wondering if there's there like what you find is the most common reason that mm. people do that or, or that they develop the limiting beliefs that cause them to fail or whatever. Yeah. It is. So there's a whole broad spectrum of limiting beliefs that support failure. And the most common ones are, um, are I'm not worthy of success or I'm not good enough or I'm not smart enough or I'm not pretty enough. I'm not intelligent enough. I'm not um, enough. Whatever. Not enough. Yeah. 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 And the subcategory of the I'm not enough is the I'm not ready yet. So okay. I, I don't ah, have enough yeah. degrees. I mm -hmm. don't have enough, you know, in the healing industry, it's like, I don't have enough certifications. Right. I, I haven't studied enough. I, I haven't been around the block enough times. I don't have right. the right connections and so forth. So like all of that is the I'm not worthy of success. I'm not ready for success. Some people may have subconscious belief systems that 
undermine their conscious beliefs. You might consciously believe that success is possible for you, but you might have like subconscious programming or belief systems telling you it's exceedingly difficult. Hardly anyone ever ever succeeds. Mm -hmm. It's impossible for you to succeed. Mm -hmm. uh, success mm -hmm. is impossible to maintain. Mm -hmm. um, another one, that another category of belief systems that trip people up is that it's dangerous okay. in some way. Mm -hmm. And this is what you were talking about, Natasha, I think when you mentioned fear of success, right? I think yeah. it was you. So <laughs> yeah. fear of success can boil down to fear of unexpected consequences that you're not ready for. I'll lose I know all my friends, my, you know, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. I'll make too much money and nobody will want to be my friend anymore. Yeah. Or, or I won't know who my real friends are right, or right, my family right. will resent me or mm -hmm, it's, mm -hmm. I'm not supposed to be more successful than my parents or siblings. Right. Um, so there are all sorts of dangers. I, one that I think is like really silly is, um, you know, if I'm successful, I have to pay more taxes. And, you know, <laughs> and, you know well, if that's a fear, just move somewhere else. You know, you can yeah. move to Texas. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But, you know, also Bizarre. there's like the fear that it will make you a target. You know, if I'm successful, then all the scammers will come out or somebody will try to attack me. You know, the, the safest car to drive is the one that is broken down and ugly, that sort mm -hmm. of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, if I if I dress well, that's going to make me a target. So like there are so many different belief systems that play into it. I think one that's that's kind of bubbling up to the surface for me right now that a lot of people might relate to is the feeling that success just is alien. You know, it just isn't me. It doesn't define me as a person. Mm -hmm. It doesn't define my family. It doesn't define my um, lineage, my family heritage, my cultural heritage. Mm -hmm. A lot of people feel that success is something that is reserved for a select few people and that somehow you have to be born into it or you have to get struck by lightning. Yeah. And therefore, it just feels alien to have success, like I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. But the flip side of that is lack of success feels normal. You know, that's who I am as a person. It feels right for me. So, right. you know, the, the lots of <laughs> lots of different belief systems that can be shifted. Yeah, it's, it's just interesting. Yeah. so debilitating. Right. Well, it, it sounds Definitely. to me like no matter what it is, at the core of it, you're almost setting yourself up for failure, right? Yeah, yeah. Regardless so, of what your belief is. Yeah. So let's let's look at it from a more global perspective. Mm -hmm. So you create your experience in the world through your thoughts, your beliefs, your judgments, your expectations, and your traumatic memories. Right. So if you have had a lot of failures in the past, or if your parents had a lot of failures, or you've witnessed a lot of failure, you begin to develop the expectation that you're going to fail. Mm -hmm. And then when failure inevitably happens, because it happens to all of us, then you have the evidence that failure happens to you. So you get this self-validating evidence mm -hmm. and the self-validating evidence, it reinforces the expectation of failure. Right. The expectation kind of pushes you in the direction of failing because, you know, it's a law of attraction. You, mm -hmm. you basically create the energy that you radiate and 
so that experience of failure leads to more expectation, which leads to more experiences. Mm -hmm. And it just becomes this, this um, negative feedback loop. And after a while, failure just seems woven into the fabric of your life. Right. And then too, I was having a conversation similar, similar, about a similar subject only that had to do with trauma. Mm -hmm. But I think that you can apply this is this, uh, you know, these experiences, they don't work necessarily on, on a linear path. So something that gave you that original idea, then things that happened to you in your past can contribute to that thought process. Oh, absolutely. I would say in my business and my, in my practice, 80% of what I do is trauma clearing, trauma healing, trauma exploration, purging Mm -hmm. traumatic residue and so forth. Trauma is like, it's, it's the key to everything, releasing those old traumas. Mm -hmm. But for a lot of people, it's painful to even know that the trauma ever happened in the first place, you know, makes people feel vulnerable. It's embarrassing. Sometimes it's, Right. It, um, for men in particular, it can feel unmanly in sure, a silly right. way to sure. ever have failed. Yeah. And trauma doesn't have to be getting mugged. Trauma doesn't have to be dramatic. No, it's um, subjective, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's disappointment and frustration. Mm-hmm. If you have enough of it, that has the same impact as a yeah. big trauma. Right. And trauma can be, you know, an acute experience or it can be a chronic experience, like a lifetime of just never having your needs met. Yeah. 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 So do you, you feel like these limiting beliefs between picking it up from what we were taught in childhood and then also (laughs) through traumatic events that, that kind of where we're getting all this gunk from. (laughs) Yeah. 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 A lot of it. You clear the gunk, then life becomes, (laughs) you know, everything becomes possible for you. No. And it's too bad because these limiting beliefs of ours, they impact so much of our future, as you're saying, Mm -hmm. but there are people who have had horrible, horrible pasts and have this mindset of I'm better than this. I'm better than this. And they go off to become, you know, one of the top 20 millionaires of the world. Yeah. Um, It's too bad that these limited limiting beliefs cause some kind of like a poverty stricken mindset. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. Therefore, how dare I make this money? First and foremost, we need to clarify. You need to define what success means to you. Success yeah. for people doesn't always mean more money. Right. Yeah. Figure out what success means to you. And then why aren't you deserve? Why do you think you're not deserving of that? So mm-hmm. if you're in this mindset of, well, let's call it a poverty consciousness for lack of a better mm-hmm. term, mm-hmm. how do you change it? Because you have, we yeah. all have the power to do it. Clearly, if people are born with horrible or have lived horrible traumatic experiences and then become uber successful, we all have it within us. But what, what can we do to kind of make that shift? Yeah, poverty. I think poverty consciousness is an awesome term for, for what it is, because, you know, consciousness is like this whole grand set of, of myths and metaphors and archetypes and belief systems about how the universe operates. You know, it's an awareness of how energy flows through your world. And if you're in poverty consciousness, you're deeply aware of all the different ways in which the energy of poverty affects you and flows through your world. And it's very painful. It's very painful. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of times it's connected in with those issues of worthiness and so forth. Um, I think 
the question you have was like, how do you reverse that? How do you transform that? And I think like the first tool, probably the most important one that I want to bring out is that your frame of reference essentially defines your experience in the world. So most people, when they're striving towards something, and, and we could talk about how the law of attraction applies to this as well. Most people, when they're striving for something, they're in the energetic stance of wanting to escape the pain of where they are. And a lot of times they have no conscious idea whatsoever of what they would like to have instead. They have these like vague ideas about what wealth would be like, but they have no idea what it feels like. I I tend not to use the word wealth Mm -hmm. because I prefer the word surplus, you know, just just getting into surplus consciousness, you know, that way, like all your needs are met and, and you have a little bit left over for either fun or giving away to others. Mm -hmm. Um, And it could be a lot more that you have left over. It's surplus. A lot of times the term wealth, you know, it's a beautiful term and I, I hope everyone aspires for wealth, but a lot of times it, it's ego driven. Yeah. You know, trying yeah. to impress people and so forth or mm-hmm. have nice things that other people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're in the energetic state of wanting to escape the pain of the lack that you have, then energetically, you're broadcasting this radiant signal of lack mm-hmm. out to the universe. And that's what gets reflected back to you. So if you're in the energetic stance of like savoring the joy of what it would be like to have all of your needs met. And that's the radiant energy that you have. Even if you don't have it yet, that's what you're activating in the world around you. That's what you're activating energetically on a cosmic level. Mm -hmm. Uh, To put that in just slightly different terminology, a lot of times people, when they're when they're trying to, let's say somebody wants to manifest some money to pay some bills, Mm -hmm. what they're often coming from is a place of panic about not getting the bills paid and they want to get rid of their debts. And they might even, you know, pray or do a manifestation or some other ritualistic uh, law of attraction activity to Mm -hmm. get rid of their debt. Well, If you're a follower of like teachings about law of attraction, you know that the universe basically reflects back to you neutrally without judgment, whatever energy you broadcast. So it's in a sense, it's almost as if the universe says, wow, this person is really obsessed with debt. Let's bring opportunities for more. Mm -hmm. But if you're in the energy of, you know, the joy and savoring the joy of having all of your needs met, and that's what you're asking for then the universe basically says in its neutral fashion, this person likes surplus. Let's bring opportunities for that. And notice I say opportunities for it. It's Mm -hmm. not that if you are broadcasting like negative energy, the universe wallops you over the head with more debt. It (laughs) brings you opportunities for debt and you probably through your habits and so forth, Mm -hmm. embrace those opportunities. Right. Opportunities for success and surplus and wealth and so forth, they will come your way, but it's up to you to take action to make sure that they actualize in your life. Nothing happens unless you take action to make it happen. You know, every now and then things happen, you know, (laughs) you know, sometimes, 
it is you know, still life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's the way life is. But for the most part, nothing ever happens unless you take action to make it happen. Right. And when those opportunities arise, you have to be willing and ready to do something to take advantage of them. Mm-hmm. And the first step in that is developing awareness that they even exist. Mm-hmm. So many people just, they're blind to the opportunities that surround them at all times. Yeah. And the most painful energetic stance that somebody can have is there's no point in even trying. Yeah. Sure, there's yeah. an opportunity there, but whatever, it's not worth the effort. It's not worth the energy. I'm not even going to try. And then you just kind of collapse into, like I said before, stagnation, which is a really Mm -hmm. painful Mm -hmm. situation to be in. Hey everyone. Did you ever wish you had a friend who was constantly supporting your dreams to make more money, pursue your passions, or live a more relaxed lifestyle? Well, here we are. Success, financial freedom, balance, whatever you want to create in your life, you can have it. And we're sharing the tools to help you get there. That's right. Because sometimes all it takes to achieve your goals is a tribe of people cheering you on. And we're here to do just that for you. Yes, we are. When you join our tribe, every week you'll receive powerful tools to help you achieve financial freedom, create a better work-life balance, and pursue your dreams. For only $5.55 a month, You'll receive access to affirmations, mantras, guided meditations, EFT tapping sessions, articles, and tip sheets that all specifically focus on money and abundance, work-life balance, and passion and success. That's a whole lot of stuff. It is. If you visit inthelifeofzen.com to subscribe and join our tribe today. You know, when I was going through, so part of my story and part of the reason why Natasha and I started in the life of Zen is because my husband and I had a horrible amount of debt over a hundred thousand dollars. And most of that was credit card debt. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it it was so bad that one day it brought me to my knees and I was Mm -hmm. crying hysterically. But what I thought was, okay, imagine how I would feel if I didn't have this debt. Imagine how I would feel if I didn't have a mortgage or a car payment or credit card bills. That's what I hung on to that feeling yeah. of what would it feel? And I've always known, even at that moment, cause I made a decision. I'm like, this is it. I'm never going to be here again. I'm going to start doing things and change it. Yeah. I always knew we were going to be okay. And I think part of that was because you do focus instead of the debt. Oh my gosh, I'm in debt. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's no, I'm going to picture a lifestyle that I want without this. Mm-hmm. And that triggered this, like, I know we're going to be fine. Even now we get hit with bills, unexpected bills. Like it's okay. Well, you immediately okay. raised your vibration in the moment too, which I find extremely mm-hmm. helpful when it comes to manifestation. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Your vibrational level. It's so important. And, and that's why, you know, there are all sorts of, when we're talking about a vibrational level, I like to think of human beings as like a symphony of vibrational energies. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're at one specific number on a scale of, you know, one to 500 or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's that you have all sorts of eddies and currents of vibrational energies flowing through you at all times. And some of those you're unaware of, and they're kind of shoved down, or they might be in a personality fragment, or your inner child might be screaming out for attention, even if you're doing reasonably well. So you can have all sorts of energies flowing through you simultaneously. And at the same time, we also have triggers 
and hypersensitivities and these, these hot buttons that people can push that cause us to instantaneously react in a negative way without even thinking about it. Right. So you might be in, you know, they, a lot of them are not really logical on the surface. You might be walking down the street and smell a cologne that somebody who attacked you once was wearing yeah. and that can trigger you. Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. you're full of tar- of um, triggers and hypersensitivities and so forth, you can be broadcasting really powerful pulses of, of negative energy uh, that come back, you know, eventually they get reflected back to you. So right. I think it's really important to like strengthen the physical body, strengthen the mind, mm-hmm. clear emotional baggage. And even if you feel like you're like reasonably well adjusted, you probably have some traumas and hypersensitivities and triggers and buttons and so forth that oh, can yeah. be can be healed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So it, so what would you recommend if, if people have setbacks or failures just to stay motivated? I mean, they can obviously look at all of these things, what triggers them, what their mindset is, but what do you recommend mm-hmm. to just... Like, are there s- some specific tools for that? Like, I know, we, you know, want to work on your body and your mind and, you know, getting kind of dumping some of that, but yeah. how, how would you suggest people... Well, the first thing, and this is probably the most powerful, is that whenever you have a setback or whenever something bad seems to be happening, what happens to you on a physiological level is it that threat of danger or that bad experience, it targets the fear centers in your brain. Mm-hmm. So your autonomic nervous system gets thrown out of whack. And you slip into that fight or flight response, even right. without thinking about it. And what people do when, when they're facing a threat or a challenge or something is they begin to breathe shallowly mm-hmm, and they lose connection with their breath. Yeah. And if you just breathe deeply as you're facing whatever the challenging situation is and force yourself to take very slow, deep breaths deep into your belly and then release it and then breathe deeply again. And you can even do this as you're having a conversation with somebody. It's not necessarily something you need to, you know, go into a private room and do for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I recommend deep breathing at all times, no matter what you're doing, just practice it. Yeah. And it, it's hard for a lot of people in, the, in America in particular to do because you're breathing deeply into your belly. You have to put your belly out. <laughs> and we're all like we suck our gut in we as thin as possible and and you know just imagine what happens to you when you've spent your entire life sucking your gut in mm-hmm. you've trained yourself to breathe shallowly yeah. and that has a profound impact not only on your autonomic nervous system but on the stress hormones that are going through your body your cortisol increases and mm-hmm. and your your uh, leptin and ghrelin and other levels get thrown out of whack. Your serotonin, your dopamine, they all grow, go out of whack as well. Yeah. Yeah. So just breathing deeply can have a really profound transformative effect um, for lots of people. It's super powerful. And yet people overlook it all the time. You know, they, they don't yeah. think about it or they think of oh, breath work. It's called breath work. Therefore, it's something I do in a meditative <laughs> session that's mm-hmm. guided by somebody for 20 minutes and yeah. then I'm done for the week. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it should be continuous practice. Yeah. Um, while we're on the topic of like really simple things that you can do just to 
strengthen your autonomic nervous system and prevent you from going into that panic attack mode when you face a challenge. Slouching, you know, slouch, you know, just proper posture. Mm-hmm. It has a profound energetic impact on people. Yeah. So if you're slouching, you can you can think of this in terms of the chakras if you want to. If you're slouching, you're essentially just kind of collapsing your heart chakra. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're opening your chest and and pulling your shoulders back, your the energy flow through your body is much more, um, let's just say, free and open. Mm-hmm. And it becomes easier to face those challenges head on, you know, rather than go into the fear-based stance. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people have what I call brace for impact energy. <laughs> and, you know, they go through life kind of tightened up. <laughs> like they're going to get hit at any time. Yeah. That's essentially the same thing as the slouching energy when you think yeah. about it. Yeah. And they're squeezing and shutting down their energy channels. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it becomes like really difficult to face a challenge head on. Yeah. Um, so these are like three very simple things. Yeah. Uh, other things you can do, you know, work with a counselor, work with a, a healer, work with a, a life coach and, and really connect with somebody who can help you dig down into whatever those traumas are and release them. And it's not true that you have to relive the traumas in order to release them. There mm-hmm. are ways to do it that are you know, relatively um, trauma-free, you know, themselves. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. I was just thinking, you know, if I go from slouching, which I find I get a little tired when I'm slouching or just yeah. sort of leaned over, I instantly get a boost of energy when I sit up. Yeah. And if I start working on my breathing, which I can do just by even to- talking to you too, I can be doing that at the same time. I not only feel a little perk of energy, but I feel more in control of mm-hmm. myself, my space, my words, my body, all of it, mm-hmm. which then, yeah, yeah. yeah there is a physical feeling because yeah. it's funny because until someone calls out slouching, you don't realize you're doing it. And I was just mm-hmm. doing it, right? I'm sitting here. I was too. And like as this. soon <laughs> as you sit up, you do feel something. It, mm-hmm. There is a physical, you know, you feel, you do feel the energy, whatever it is. It does mm-hmm. feel that I need to do a better job of that. <laughs> yeah, we do. I do too. So, yeah. <laughs> so There's a device you can wear that actually pings you when you uh, are starting slouch. to slouch. <laughs> oh, they yes, also have those shirts. A product. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There's lots of things. I think yeah. we just need to be more mindful of not yeah. slouching. So yeah, that, mindfulness that's... is the cheapest of all of them. Yes, <laughs> right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are great tips, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have a question because... For overachievers like us, success with, you know, we're always wanting to succeed at something. We succeed at something and then we set another goal to succeed at that and so on and so forth. But why is it that, why is alignment with success more important than strategy in a case like Uh, this? Yeah. Well, um, in my experience, there, you can connect with all sorts of different coaches who can give you different success strategies. Mm -hmm. And those success strategies can be incredibly powerful and valid and useful. But if you are not in alignment with success itself, if you don't believe it's possible for you, or you, you have like really low self-esteem or you think everything you do is, is a failure, Mm -hmm. then whatever strategy you choose it's probably not going to work. 
until you're in alignment with success. So, you know, I see a lot of people, I'm like in the coaching industry and the healing industry and where all these coaches are trying to build their websites and build their Facebook presence. And they're trying to figure out, okay, what's the perfect strategy for me? And we're bombarded with all these different messages from different people. You need the perfect funnel. No, you need the perfect YouTube channel. No, you need the perfect, you know, this, that, or the other thing, you know, JV partnership. And this is the way to do it. And my philosophy is any one of those strategies will work. Every single one of them will work for you. You just have to choose one of them if you're in alignment with success energy itself. Mm -hmm. So if you believe it's possible for you and you believe you're worthy of it and you believe you're enough to, to have it and Mm -hmm. that, um, it's easy and there won't be, it's safe for you to do it. There won't be unintended consequences and so forth. Then you won't have the self-sabotage that causes the uh, strategy to fail. So I've known lots of people who've spent thousands upon thousands of dollars in different trainings and different um, strategy systems, and they just never succeed, Mm -hmm. not because they're not doing the strategies, but because they expect failure. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very interesting. Yeah. Mindset really is the number one thing I think to start on any path to success is work on your mindset, right? If you have those limiting beliefs, figure out why Mm -hmm. do the work to get to a place where you're changing that mindset into a very positive, welcoming system, right? So Patrick, can I ask you, because you're very much in alignment with obviously the law of attraction. So you're like us, we're a little woo woo. But I have a question that um, a lot woo woo depends. A lot woo woo. So yeah. I have a question that recently came up. We're in a woman's mastermind, and we we're all talking. And you know, you always hear of ask spirit, ask spirit to gear you in the right direction. And this could be a, a podcast in and of itself. So mm-hmm. we'll try to limit, you know, shorten the the answer, the response. But if we want to ask spirit to guide us in the right direction to succeed, what question? This is like a spirit one hundred and one. What is the question you would recommend that someone should ask to kind of welcome in the energy? Wow. Does that make sense? That does kind of make sense. And can I throw you kind of a curveball answer? Sure. Okay. (laughs) The question I would be asking spirit, or in my case, I would be asking, you know, my higher self or Mm -hmm. the higher self, I would be asking, why am I so successful? Ah, I like that. Why am I so successful? Um, So, and this like gets into like how the brain works a little bit. And I'll try to put it in a nutshell. So a lot of times we're taught to do affirmations and, you know, affirm I'm successful every day in every way. I'm getting better and better. I'm successful. Everything works for me. Everything comes to me easily and effortlessly and so forth. Mm -hmm. Now, If you've studied muscle testing, you know that when you make a statement that the subconscious mind disagrees with, the subconscious mind goes into resistance to that statement. Mm -hmm. So you can be making the affirmation, I am worthy of success, and your subconscious mind can be saying, nope, 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 (laughs) every time you say it. Mm -hmm. So affirmations, you know, generally you have to repeat an affirmation 50,000 times or whatever, ever for it to break through, for it to be successful. And it's because the subconscious mind knows, or it believes that the affirmation you're making is wrong. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. the the subconscious mind treats it as sarcasm if you huh. say something mm -hmm. that your subconscious mind knows emphatically is not true it's sarcasm mm -hmm. and that works against you mm -hmm. now what happens when you ask a question when you ask a question there's always a premise to the question and if you ask a yes no question of your subconscious mind, it doesn't have the logical capacity to figure out, you know, this is a premise, this is what's going on. It merely accepts the premise of the question is true, and then moves towards the answer. So if you ask the question, why am I so successful? The subconscious mind is forced into a position where it accepts the premise, I am successful as true. And it. by asking that question in that format, you've kind of short-circuited the that that knee-jerk yeah. resistance. No <laughs> Bypass the bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it just it, it accepts it as true. That's now awesome. bear in mind the opposite yeah. holds true. If you're going around asking the question, oh my God, why am I such a loser? Subconscious <laughs> mind accepts right. the premise, you right. are a loser. Yeah. That is yeah. a powerful affirmation of being a loser. Mm -hmm. So you have to be careful about the questions you ask yourself. And right. one of the things that, that I really counsel people, I do it myself, is I will say horrific things to myself that I would never say to another person. Right. You know, we can be brutal with ourselves in a way that we would, we would be just loaded with shame if we ever did that to another person. Mm -hmm. But it feels, you know, oh, it, it's just me talking to myself, therefore it's okay. Mm -hmm. Your subconscious mind doesn't understand all of that. It just understands the the self-hatred that you're directing at yourself. And it it just goes into that energy of, yes, that must be true for me. Right. So, yeah. So why am I so successful? I love that. I'm starting that one tomorrow. I'm asking that. I'm asking all those <laughs> yeah. questions. <laughs> I love it. So Patrick, this has been amazing. I feel like we can keep going on on this topic forever. I know. Yeah. But for our <laughs> listeners, um, what would be, because we covered a lot in terms of your limiting beliefs, your mindset, self-sabotage, roadblocks, what would be three key takeaways that you would give to our listeners oh my gosh. to make sure they can align themselves with success? You only get three. Oh my no gosh, pressure. We've done so many things today. We've talked about so many things. So, Okay. Well, just to bring it down, to boil it down to the lowest common denominator, um, I'll repeat what I said before. Nothing ever happens unless you take action to make it happen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, do something <laughs> to stir up the energy. Uh, the second would be just if you ever feel like you're unworthy or you feel like you're not good enough, ask yourself why you believe that and and assert the opposite um you know who told me that whose agenda does that that belief fill um i don't think i talked about that but it's a it's a good thing to do just just uh know that you are worthy and i know for some people that that feels like um um a difficult thing to do but just you have to sometimes you have to force yourself to do these things and then the third is just your breath you know, stay consciously aware of how you're breathing and what your breathing patterns are. And you will notice everything is easier when you're breathing deeper. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So you could, for the second one, you could actually apply the, what you were saying about why am I so successful? Why am I so worthy? Could you do yeah, that? Why, yeah, yeah. Why am I so good at this? You yeah. Know, why, 
why do I, why am I so deserving of success? You know, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So why positive. am I so awesome? Exactly. <laughs> why am I so good looking? <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> so these are all affirmations. Why am I so successful? Why am I so worthy? I mean, these mm-hmm. are, and these are powerful ones, but do you have a personal mantra affirmation that you say on a regular basis? I actually don't have a mantra or an affirmation. I, I'm, I'm not really, I don't practice affirmations myself. And I don't, okay. I don't even practice that question thing, even though I'm aware of it, I, <laughs> I probably should practice it. Uh, what I usually do is connect through meditation, either laying down with my eyes closed, sometimes listening to music or walking meditation, which I like even more, Mm -hmm. I connect with my higher self. And my practice is to get into a meditative state of connection with my higher self and just listen to whatever Mm -hmm. my higher self wants me to know. And, and, you know, sometimes people think of the higher self as this like lofty distant being that you can't connect to. When you think about it, your higher self is really just you completely and utterly free of all the baggage. Mm -hmm. You know, your higher self is you without the limiting belief systems and the limiting judgments and the trauma that keep you stuck in pain and suffering and limitation in the here and now. And it's also you after you've cleared all that stuff away. So your higher self knows what you need to do in order to clear those that clear that baggage. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I do, I do higher self meditations. My higher self is constantly entertaining me <laughs> in crazy ways. Do you so actually- can- Go ahead, Jen. Well, I was just going to say, so in order to connect with your higher self, how would yeah. you suggest somebody who's never done that before? Yeah. How would they do that? Just- so the biggest mistake, I don't want to say mistake, but the, a lot of times people ask me that question, how do I connect with my higher self? Um, what I want people to realize is that they are never, ever, ever disconnected from their higher self. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's not a matter of you trying to connect with something that you're disconnected from. Right. It's a matter of developing the awareness that you always were your higher self. You just forgot or you, you didn't realize it. Um, you know, a lot of the spiritual truths and and the wisdom that can come to you through your higher self, it's not information coming to you from the outside that is like filtering into you. It's stuff that you already know that you've forgotten and you're allowing it to emerge from within you. So, you know, in my industry, there's a lot of talk about things like downloads. You know, Mm -hmm. I got a download of information from spirit about such and such. Yeah, yeah. And I don't use the word download myself because that implies something coming from an external source that you never had before. And it's new to you and some Mm -hmm. external source gifted it to you for whatever reason. And for me, all these like spiritual awarenesses and epiphanies and, and the knowledge you develop about yourself, it's stuff you already know that you have forgotten and you just allow it to emerge from within you. So that connection with your higher self, you just allow it to emerge from within you. you notice my hands are like, it's like I always <laughs> yeah. feel it through my heart. Yeah. You know, through my heart. And that's like one of the reasons why I, I like to keep my chest open. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's great. It's so powerful because, you know, you're right. And whenever we think of asking for help or guidance, we're asking a higher power. 
whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? Mm-hmm. But don't they always say self or work starts within? So you mm-hmm. have to start Absolutely. with yourself. Right. And the answers so, are always within you, right? I mean, they're they always, always within you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this is, this is powerful. This is really yeah, good stuff. You. Just yeah. a matter of sometimes for myself, just getting quiet and shutting mm-hmm. up. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, not realizing that every single thought that goes through my head has to be like followed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To me, that getting quiet and shutting up, that's what I call getting out of my own way. Uh, yeah. yeah. When I get out of my own way, the higher self is there. <laughs> Hopping off the thought train, I like to think of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This has been yeah. so awesome. Patrick, if people want to work with you or learn more about you, where can they find you? Uh, so my website is patrickprohaska.com. So, and I'm sure you'd have my name spelled there. Now, one caveat about that is I just switched to a brand new platform for my website. Okay. And if you go to patrickprohaska.com, it, it, it'll link you over to the new website. Eventually I'll link that address to the new website, but I haven't, haven't done that step yet. So okay, uh, you'll find it all there. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. has been so wonderful. Thank oh, you so has. much, Patrick. Thank you for your time and your energy and all of the amazing feedback you've shared. It's, it's Thank really you. Tremendous. And yeah. I, Jennifer and Natasha, I really appreciate your time and your energy as well. This has been fabulous for me. Thank you for listening to the Where Money Meets Soul podcast. We hope you're feeling inspired to take control of your finances, create balance and live your best life. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a review. And if you know anyone else who would benefit from this content, spread the love by taking a snapshot of this podcast, sharing on social media, and tagging In the Life of Zen. And stay tuned for more from In the Life of Zen. Visit us at inthelifeofzen.com and follow us on social media at In the Life of Zen.